and welcome to another episode of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. It's Mitch Spinell and Mitchell Bala here, and it's going to be one great, 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 great episode today. We'll be talking about many, many things, uh, many great things here in just a little bit. So, yeah, Mitch, thanks again for joining me. And, uh, you know, we're just going to talk about sports for the next hour or so and see how it goes. Just talk about sports for an hour. That sounds like an okay deal to me, Mitch. We we can do that. So first of all, we you know we'll get the whole things out of the way here. All the podcast platforms: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, as well as Anchor, who helps us distribute Big Time Sports Ohio, uh, Big Time Sports Podcast Show rather on YouTube. Be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the bell. BigTimeSportsOhio.com, and then of course BTS Ohio on Twitter and Facebook at Mitch Spinell at Mitchell Bell. Okay. Let's start off. Let's get patient here because because one baseball team had to do this today. They had to wait out the big show at the end. So we're gonna have to wait out. We're gonna have to wait it out. Starting off with some high school football talk because now we are uh, sufficiently six weeks into the season, and uh, some teams are really getting into high gear here. Uh, you had a game in Stark the other night that uh, was actually pretty pretty interesting here. Why don't you tell me about that? So I was at Robert Fife Stadium in Jackson on Friday night for a Federal League matchup, and it was the Lake Blue Streaks at Jackson. Lake was off to a 5-0 start, best start since 1998, which is also the last time the Blue Streaks won the Federal League title. It's been that long for that team. And Mitch, the final was 21-7 Lake over Jackson. I don't think the score does it justice because it really was never in doubt. Even when Lake was up 14-7, they did a phenomenal job of stopping Jackson in their tracks. Jason Davide, the running back for Jackson, the standout running back that we've talked about all through the weeks here, and one of the leading rushers in Stark County was kind of held in check. He still got his own. He had one score. Mitch, this isn't a typical Lake football team. Anybody in Stark County, kind of, there, there's some stereotypes with everything you do. But this Lake football team does not look like a usual Lake Blue Streak football team. They are bigger and they are faster than mostly every single person on the football field, which is not what you usually see. Lake is generally just a strong, gritty football team and they're able to win games this year. There's an edge to them and they're they're out there to prove something and they just got their best player from last year returning this week in Ty Miller. He played his first game this week at Jackson. Lake beat Jackson 21 to 7. They moved to 6 and 0. And Mitch, I know we're going to get another football here around the area. Lake now has what I think is their biggest game of the season that is going to dictate who wins the Federal League Championship this upcoming week on Friday. But we will get to that later. But the game I was at, great game. Said it was 50 degrees. I could see my breath. It was actually very cold. I was a little upset. I didn't dress better, but um, it was awesome. Jackson did play tough, but like I said, Mitch, Lake at the beginning of the season returned 25 lettermen from last year. They added a quarterback coming in uh, in the offseason that moved into the township. So you're talking about 26 guys that played varsity football last year, and it looks to be that way with how they play football on the field for head coach Dan DeGeorge. Um, it was a great game, and Lake right now is the target on their back right now, Mitch, as they are undefeated 6-0 and and undefeated in Federal League play. Yeah, right now they're the only team, by the way, in Stark County that has remained undefeated because CVCA ended up uh, beating Fairless in a very close matchup on Friday night. Now, as for Tuscarawas County, BTS is also uh, at Crater Stadium for the match between the Crimson Tornadoes and the Canfield Cardinals, and Dover suffered their second consecutive defeat in a 20-14 overtime final. Canfield actually scoring in overtime on a, on a scramble to win the game, and uh, an unfortunate loss for for the hosts. 
obviously uh, a team that can still be very ca- uh, capable and competitive in Division Two, but unfortunately for them, their second consecutive loss. And uh, uh, New Philadelphia, though, getting back to a, a victory with a huge, huge win over Mountain Vernon, 44-6. to uh, Shout out to Willie, Willie Wallace, who had an interception and punt return, I believe, for a touchdown, both in that one. So, I mean, and also shout out to J- uh, Jared Witherow, the Malvern quarterback, a who had the school's single-season game record for passing yards broken, single-game passing yard record broken, 350 yards as kids slung on 20 of 25 passing with four touchdowns, two of them uh, going each to Rodney Smith and Dylan Phillips. Of course, Malvern kind of taking advantage of Strasburg 42 to nothing and because of the big news that came out this week, uh, Blake Campbell no longer the head coach at Strasburg after five games. Now, Campbell was uh, named the head coach this past offseason and uh, replacing uh, uh, or becoming the new head coach for the Tigers. And uh, unfortunately for him, it looks like him and the Tigers are now parting ways. Tommy Spidell will be the head coach for the remainder of the season. So we also have wins from Indian Valley. And then, of course, Ridgewood. Garraway was a big victor tonight. A lot of blowouts this week compared to some of the other ones. Newcomer Sound, though, won close against East Canton, 26-20. to I mentioned uh, some of those scores in there. And then Carrollton beat Marlington, 36 36- to 14 and then looking at some of the other Stark County scores Maslin beating Austin Town Fitch 49 to 28 that's a big win for the Tigers uh we also had McKinley getting their second win in huge fashion over Hoover 42 to 9 uh Perry beating Louisville 40 to 14 and Glen Oak pulling out a close one over Green 31 to 24. Yeah, so really Glen Oak pulls the upset this week Mitch and I'm not shocked at all because I've seen Glen Oak twice now this season they're a very young team. They are a Division One football team. So once again, a reminder for people out there, just because you're in the same conference as certain teams does not mean that you are in the same region or division come playoff time. Jackson, Glen Oak, and Kent McKinley are all Division One, Region One teams. Then you have Hoover, Lake, and Green. And Perry or Hoover, Lake, and Green all in the same region. And then Perry may be in a different one. But Mitch, Glen Oak... As a Division One school, it means you have the most players on a roster. They have 99 players rostered. That is from senior all the way down to freshman. Only 16 seniors on that roster. That's how young this team is. And Glen Oak is a very massive public school here in Stark County. They're very young, but they're very talented for head coach Scott Garcia. Not a surprise to see Glen Oak knock off Green this week. And now Green, who started off really well. There was a lot of question marks coming into the season. We thought, wow, this team's impressive. They've lost two straight federal league games and Mitch it's not the end of the federal league race, but it's going to make things that much harder for the green bulldogs. And to your point, the McKinley bulldogs now back-to-back weeks running clocks in their game. They are now two and zero in federal league football and Mitch, they go to Lake this week. And that is why it is a monumental game. If Lake wins, obviously you still have to take care of business, but if Lake wins this week over McKinley, they give themselves some breathing room. If McKinley wins, All of a sudden, McKinley's in the driver's seat. Lake's right there, and so is Perry. Perry would only have one Federal League loss and have the tiebreaker over McKinley. A lot to play for here already. Heading into week seven of the high school football season, it's crazy, it's fun, and this is what we're here for. We want to be able to cover this, and we want to be able to bring people that big-time action for Stark County football, for Tuscarora's football, and eventually, when all the big-time games come here to Stark County at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium for the state championships, uh, I believe, late November, early December. But we're going to have a lot to talk about this week for some games in both of our counties, Mitch, and I am beyond excited for it because this is what high school football is all about. 
Well, to those of you listening or watching, what were some of the scores that really got your attention from this past week or which are some of the ones that we should have talked about? Uh, be sure to leave a comment or leave a comment on Spotify as well. We'll put up the question here uh, once we post it. So once we come back, we'll be getting more into some more topics, including one that's very major, Mitch. We need to talk about it after this commercial break. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut, skin-on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Trying them today, only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. Buying a home has never been so affordable with record low interest rates. Hartzler's Quality Housing is ready to put over 40 years of experience to work for you. Family owned and operated since 1978, Hartzler's has a wide selection of model homes on site with a knowledgeable team to help make your new home a reality. Open six days a week, visit them off I-77 in Dover or online at Hartzler's.com. Hartzler's Quality Housing, quality from start to finish. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet Buick Cadillac Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. Think Ferris. You invest a lot in your home and vehicle purchases. Van Nostrand Young & Associates want you to feel secure should anything happen to those investments. We partner with providers like Grange Insurance and other industry leaders to be sure you're presented with the most complete coverage to fit your needs. Because we're not only here to protect the items you invest in, we're here to protect your future as well. Call Van Nostrand Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world, get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. Be sure to take a trip to Sugar Creek for the upcoming Ohio Swiss Festival from Thursday, September 29th through Saturday, October 1st along Dover Road, Main Street, and Maple Street. Established in 1953, the Swiss Festival transformed Sugar Creek into a lively Swiss village to showcase the rich cultural heritage. From wine and cheese samplings to races, contests, and parades, the Swiss Festival offers something for everybody. Take the kids out for fun games, delicious food, and exciting rides. And be sure to get there for Steinstossen, the stone-throwing competitions Friday and Saturday nights. The Ohio Swiss Festival, Thursday, September 29th to Saturday, October 1st in downtown Sugar Creek. For more information, go to Ohio Swiss Festival.com or find Ohio Swiss Festival on Facebook. And welcome you back here to the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Mitch, the Cleveland Guardians have won the American League Central. They did it today. And even though Chicago lost, they still won the game today against Texas. I needed to get that out right after the commercial break. <sighs> we did it. We did it. We did it. We are going back to the playoffs. 
This team, the youngest in baseball by far, it's comparable to a triple-A squad. Nobody thought we could do it before the season. I wasn't sure if we could do it before the start of the season. And the Guardians have have handily, handily, Mitch, won this division over Chicago and Minnesota, who thought who were thought to be the one-two punch that was going to be competing this late in the year. No, it's this Cleveland team, and I could not be more happier. Uh, Mitch, this is... Uh, I've uh, I've been on a high really since they won. I am a baseball guy through and through. It's my sport. It's what I love. Um, I'm a Cleveland diehard, but uh, there's something about October baseball. And Mitch, not only did a lot of people not think we could do it, I wasn't sure what to expect. I never thought we would be a 100 loss team. There's no way that would happen with Terry Francona, which we'll get to Tito here in this segment. Uh, but Fangraphs, after opening day loss in Kansas City this year, had us winning just 77 games and gave us a 6.4% chance of winning the American League Central. You fast forward to where we are now. The Guardians win it at Globe Life Field in Texas over the Texas Rangers. Um, guess you could really say they crumbled their way to the American League Central Division title. Um, just, it's amazing. It's amazing, and I can't wait to see. And I told you episodes ago, the goals just get there. I don't care what the Houston Astros record is. I don't care what the Yankees record is. I don't care who we play in the first round. Everything goes out the window as we saw in 2016 as a team. Nobody was picking to win the division round and they go to game seven of the world series. And in 17, everybody was picking to win the American league pennant and gets beat in the ALDS in five games, of the Yankees, your goal is to get there. And with how it's stacked up right now, they flip the rotation already. Bieber pitches on Tuesday, McKenzie Wednesday, it lines them up for a game one and two start for both of them. You have to like your chances. There's still more ways to go. And Mitch, not technically out of the realm that you get out of having to play in that wild card series, although it'll be pretty tough, but for everybody else saying, Oh, they're in the central, they wouldn't make the playoffs. Uh, if they weren't in the central right now, they'd be the number one wild card team. So you can put that argument to rest. The guardians are here. Terry Francona has yet again, proved that you don't have to have the highest payroll in baseball. You don't have to have multiple MVP candidates, multiple all-stars, although they did youngest team in baseball, younger than their triple a team second lowest payroll in baseball and had 16 rookies make their debut this year. You can't say enough. And I'm so excited already for Friday, October 7th. It's going to be a good one, man. And you mentioned uh, the crumbling, obviously. I mean, at this point, I, I said it in my group chat, we might as well just get the crumble cookie franchise in West park, Chicago to deliver. We should wait. Like, somebody should order from that West park and have it delivered to the White Sox Stadium because only because the team, after getting swept by Cleveland, got swept by fifth place, last place Detroit, allowing Cleveland to clinch the division this weekend, which is an, an, an amazing, unbelievable fall. And, and and not to just try to, you know, pile on to the White Sox here, but it honestly is an unbelievable stretch that this team went on. I remember, I remember it was the stat that somebody provided on Twitter, and it was Zach Meisel of The Athletic who ended up putting this up. I believe Phenomenal it was back... Writer. Yes, absolutely. I have his book Phenomenal. about the 90, 95 Indians. Uh, it was something along the lines of, yeah, the AL Central standings on the morning of September 9th. This was this was about, uh, about 15 days ago. Cleveland was in first. The White Sox and the Twins were both a game and a half back. Cleveland was 70 and 65. Uh, Minnesota 69-67, Chicago 70-68. Today, the white the Guardians are 86 and 67. Two losses in that span. The White Sox are 67 66 and 77. Twins 74 and 79, 10 games back. 
12 games back. And, and to paraphrase Meisel, they, the Guardians sucked the absolute soul out of the White Sox and the Twins in that run. It's, it, it's unbelievable. You have to think this team is capable of doing what that team in 2016 is just based off how it is, right, Mitch? You, you, you and I both said it. Nobody had any expectations. Nobody believed they could do this or that or whatever. Nobody gave them a chance in 2016 because they were playing Big Poppy in the Red Sox. It was Big Poppy's farewell tour. They might have the outsiders thinking they can beat whoever it is out of Toronto, uh, Tampa Bay, or Seattle, which it's not over yet. I'm not saying that Seattle is going to choke, but Seattle no. was 11 to two today and then gave up 11 runs to the Kansas city Royals of all teams in one inning. Uh, before we started recording this, they were down at 13 to 12. All of a sudden um, it, it, there's still a lot of baseball to be played. We have over a week left, but at the same time, Mitch, this team goes against the grain. They don't play baseball like every other team in baseball. And some teams are starting to realize it and there's really nothing they can do. And you saw today, how many times did you see runners in in action on the base paths? And not only does that infuriate teams and catchers, but all of a sudden you get in a pitcher's head. And that's how you're going to get to these teams with top top end pitchers like the Yankees with Garrett Cole or like the Rays if you play them with Shane, uh, Shane McClanahan. It doesn't matter. And this team does not back down from the challenge. And that's why I'm so excited because this team has nothing to lose, right? We did not think when we got asked by Charlie to start this podcast and start doing this, that we would be sitting here on September 25th, talking about the Cleveland Guardians of American League Central Division champs. Now, here we are, and now all I can tell to everybody else, and it's going to be hard because we're all believers and you want to you want to believe the team can do this, but just enjoy it at this point. You never expected to be here. I never expected to be here, and I, I consider myself an optimistic Cleveland baseball fan. I'm just – I'm so happy because I've missed postseason baseball. This is now Terry Francona's sixth playoff appearance in 10 seasons as the head coach of the Cleveland Indians or Guardians. 13 wild cards, 16, 17, 18 division winner, 2020, the wild card in the shortened season. And now back in 2022, the guardians who have now never not won the division in their uh, history as the guardians, they're one and oh, back in the playoffs for the sixth time under Tito and Mitch, this all goes back to him. I, I really yeah. think so. I want to make sure we talk about this, but this team is not where they are right now. If it's not for Terry Francona, because the last two years, the reason they probably fell off where they were and the reason they had the one season below 500 is because Terry Francona wasn't around. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this might be his most impressive performance of for an entire season, more than 2013, more than 2016, even with the World Series run, 17 especially even. This will get him the manager of the year. I'm, I'm almost certain at this point, even if, Hy even if Brandon Hyde can somehow will the Orioles to a playoff appearance finally. And that would include, by the way, Cleveland having to rock uh, Tampa Bay here Tuesday through Thursday to try and take them out of the race along with Seattle. That's this is a, this is a good time. This is a good time. And we have a few, we have tomorrow off, obviously bask in that. And then we have the next week against Tampa Bay and, and Kansas city to really just kind of get our, our sea legs under us before the October run. So I hope it's a long one. And I hope it's a very fruitful one. I want to get that feeling back from 2016 where we get to the World Series and we and we get to be in the city when a final out is made and you know, euphoria is what they and, is, is the and word. no rain delay, no BS rain delay this time. No either. rain delays, no uh no drones. Although no... I, I if there was a rain delay, it'd be pretty fitting with how the year's gone. The next thing you know, you have to play like a doubleheader in the World Series because 
If there's anything that's been consistent this year with the Guardians, it's been having games rained out and you having to play a doubleheader the next they, day. They might even have one here in a few days, and I don't know if that's going to like affect their schedule or if maybe because they have six games against Kansas. Do you really need to play six games before you get into these playoffs? Kansas and, City does, you know. And that and that's the thing. I I wouldn't think so. And the only way I could see them making them play that game, if possible, would be if the Yankees continue yeah. to skip a little bit, and yeah. it would be a game where if they win, Cleveland jumps up to the number two spot. Yeah. And Mitch, let, let me let me ask you this because there's always people that differ in this in this type of realm. Do you, in baseball, every sport's different, in my opinion. In baseball, do you want that one or two seed to have that first round by, or do you like being able to be thrust into action right away and not have that so-called rust on your team for what I believe is going to be at least a five to seven day break for some teams? Yes, I mean you always you always would assumingly say that you want it to be the original standard because the with the, any team being able to win possibility that's that that opens that opens that possibility up for a wild card team to take down the top dog um with this new ex- expanded format I'm fine with it because it gives a little bit more variety with the postseason but at the same time I mean yeah I could see some teams you know on that long uh, break kind of getting getting it gaining some rust uh but i mean i, I don't know I, I don't really see the new setup as too much of a as a detriment even if some teams here in the next few years maybe even this postseason might you know just falter even as the top c which would be the astros and the dodgers uh for both leagues and i think those two teams are clear cut the favorite in both um conferences divisions whatever you want to say leagues yeah leagues yeah sorry i was, couldn't think of the word um i think they're the, the clear-cut favorites and that's why if it, as a guardians fan there's really nobody i i don't care who we play obviously you're going to say well i'd rather play toronto maybe if i'm the guardians i don't care it's a good time here uh in northeast ohio especially in cleveland so i mean We'll see where the Guardians end up here. When we come back, we'll go more into uh, week three Sunday of the NFL because, you know, we, we had a lot of Brownsless football games, a lot of interesting matchups, and we'll see how we did on our picks so far right after this. You asked for it and we listened. Buckeye Career Center is now offering certified nail technician as an adult education program. This 216-hour course begins in November and will run Tuesday through Thursday evenings from 5 to 9 p.m. Learn manicures, pedicures, infection control, salon operations, and more. Other part-time certification courses starting this fall include phlebotomy and welding. Call 330-339-2288 to register or visit BuckeyeCareerCenter.org for more information. If you're looking for a new or pre-owned car or truck, why not see the Parkway Auto Group? Parkway is a special group of automotive experts with eight brands to satisfy your needs. Come see the difference at the Parkway Auto Group on Commercial Parkway in Dover. Eight brands and one family. It's Parkway Auto Group. The Furby Electric Supply Company has bright ideas for your home. Save money by converting to energy-efficient electrical products or add ambiance with beautiful lighting features. It begins with a professional consultation and a visit to the Furby Lighting Showroom. Then certified Furby contractors complete your project right and on time. Since 1934, four generations have built a reputation of quality and trust, and they offer emergency services too. Just visit Furby.com. That's F-U-R-B-A-Y. The Furby Electric Supply Company. It takes a lot of practice to have a winning team. Alban Title has over 100 years of combined experience handling real estate, title, and escrow transactions. They serve Tuscarawas, Stark, Carroll, Harrison Counties, and more. 
So choose Alban Title for your next home refinance, sale, or purchase. They'll get it done quickly and professionally. Contact Alban Title at 330-334-5800 or visit their website, albantitle.com. Let them put their experience to work for you. You matter. Everyone plays a part. We all have a role. Each of us can make a difference. You do matter, and the best way to have a positive impact is to pay it forward. With each of us helping one another to cope, feel better, and know that we belong. Pass on the positivity today. Tell someone else they matter too. Alt Care. Alt Care, Alt Care. Where you matter. Fall is in the air and part-time career enhancement courses at Buckeye Career Center are on the horizon. Registration is now open for Introduction to Beekeeping, Basic Small Engine Repair, and Sign Language. These part-time offerings run on Tuesday evenings and begin in November. Let Buckeye Career Center help you learn a new skill or advance your current skill set. Call 330-339-2288 for more information or to reserve your seat in one of these or our other part-time classes. Be sure to take a trip to Sugar Creek for the upcoming Ohio Swiss Festival from Thursday, September 29th through Saturday, October 1st along Dover Road, Main Street, and Maple Street. Established in 1953, the Swiss Festival transformed Sugar Creek into a lively Swiss village to showcase the rich cultural heritage. From wine and cheese samplings to races, contests, and parades, the Swiss Festival offers something for everybody. Take the kids out for fun games, delicious food, and exciting rides. And be sure to get there for Steinstossen, the stone-throwing competitions Friday and Saturday nights. The Ohio Swiss Festival, Thursday, September 29th to Saturday, October 1st in downtown Sugar Creek. For more information, go to Ohio Swiss festival.com or find ohio swiss festival on facebook hey we welcome you back here on the big time sports podcast show it's time to talk about nfl week three because we talked about the browns uh in our previous bonus episode which you can find on youtube and of course on uh, on spotify and a bunch of other places mitch you know i don't want to talk too much about the browns today because we already covered that we're done with that uh we would have been in first place today if it hadn't been for a couple of key new england patriot Mistakes late in a game against the Baltimore Ravens in which Lamar Jackson and company won 37 to 26. That's the first one I want to talk about today along with others. I mean, I mean, your thoughts on that one? Because it just seemed like New England had too many issues there to let Baltimore escape with that victory. My thoughts on that was Lamar Jackson did what he needed to do to lead the Ravens to a road victory against a always tough Bill Belichick coach team. But the Patriots are not the Patriots that we associate with the name when we think about them no they, they just aren't the, the way too many mistakes how many guys did you see put the ball on the ground today that you you hardly ever saw uh when tom brady was there with other players mac jones just the, the uncharacteristic interception at the end where he threw the ball into the end zone it was intercepted i believe by uh humphrey or yep. um peters just there was no need to throw that ball you were still in the game and, and to me it, this is not the same patriots team and mitch they might be without mac jones now for a while mac jones yeah. left the game after their last offensive possession, there was a photo of him going down the stairwell. Um, Cause as if people don't know, it's not like you go into a tunnel at Gillette, you have to go downstairs to go into the tunnel mm-hmm. for the Patriots that he was in tears. Don't know what that injury is. I'm not going to sit here and play doctor act. Like I know what, what the injury was, but there's reports out there already that saying he's going to miss multiple weeks for the Patriots. And if that's the case, Mitch Patriots might be done. Yeah, that's a tough break there. And another uh, team that, 
might be a little bit on a, on a balance beam with their quarterback right now is the Dolphins, who ended up uh, beating the Buffalo Bills today. First of all, before we get into that, can we just – I mean, we, we all saw the play. We all saw the play. We all saw the punt at the end. We all know what happened. You know, Mark Sanchez now has a pseudo companion to him. I don't even – I mean, I, I, I can't think of the Dolphins punter and uh, blocker at the moment. You take You take a football – like you take a football in that spot at that velocity at that momentum like what does that feel what does that feel like I, Mitch I don't know and I don't want to know what no, it feels no, like. nobody wants to know nobody wants to know and I put up a tweet about with with a gif that is relevant to that nevertheless Miami did get the ball on the other side of the field in the next kick because that kick was a safety back in their own end zone uh, and, and somehow Buffalo wasn't able to get uh, down the end zone and score and you saw Ken Do- Ken Dorsey by the way flip like hit the roof of the stadium of the press box when uh they the bills weren't able to win but i mean good win for miami i thought buffalo would be losing a lot uh, further down the line than this but uh you know they they ended up winning that one another team also lo- uh suffered a loss was the Kansas city chiefs who weren't able to get it down against the colts and mahomes with 24 seconds left looked like he was going to get it because he got it all the way down to like midfield Remember, it started with 24 seconds left, and they throws an interception before they can get in field goal range, which that I mean, you wouldn't expect that typically from the considered best quarterback in the league, but it happens. That's why it's the league. It's a completely different scenario if the Chiefs had Harrison Butker. The Chiefs had a uh, Amendola as their kicker. Mitch he had already missed two kicks earlier in the game. I think Andy Reid and the team's confidence was wavering in certain things, and I think Patrick Mahomes was like, okay. Butker range, maybe we have to get to the 37 or something. I'm not good at math, so I don't know what distance that would have been. Okay, people, so just lay off me a little bit, please. But at the same time, I think Mahomes was thinking we got to get inside the 20, and we've seen him do it before. I mean, heck, we saw it last year in the AFC playoffs against the Bills when they scored with 13 seconds left. He was just trying to do too much. But, Mitch, I told you, there's always a game every week that everybody's on and and maybe, I don't know, maybe I didn't say it last episode, but I know talking with, with some people this past weekend and making my pick, this one I was not going to be shocked one bit if the Colts won. I am shocked that they won after I saw how bad they played today because the Colts looked dreadful. And I said, I made a remark to my dad who I was watching games with today, the AFC South may be the new NFC East just for this year alone. I wouldn't be shocked if a team wins a division with an under 500 record because I have not been impressed with anybody in that division I'm not even impressed with the team that's playing right now, although they're up 21 points, but just that division to me is just an absolute garbage can. That team being the Jacksonville Jaguars, we'll get to them in a bit, but some of the scores from today included the Bears somehow beating the Texans 23 to 20. Both quarterbacks looked horrible in that game. Yeah. Uh, Titans beating the Raiders, Titans allowing a touchdown, but not giving up a uh, two-point conversion. 24-22, excuse me. I don't know why I said 23. On, on this game, quick, Mitch. I want to ask you if if you feel the same way I do, because the Raiders are now 0-3. Yes. And teams that go 0-3 really just don't have a shot to make the playoffs, let alone being in the AFC West. No. Do these Raiders give you the 2019 Cleveland Browns vibe? You go out and you get a top wide receiver. I Listen, Devontae Adams is a premier wide receiver. If not one, he's probably two. OBJ was not that when the Browns traded for him. Right. Derek Carr does not look like Derek Carr through three games. He is trying to force that ball to Devontae Adams. It looks painful. He is not the same quarterback we saw last year that led a Raiders team with much adversity all season into the playoffs and into Paul Brown Stadium down in Cincinnati. 
are you getting vibes from them that it could be like the Browns? Because we remember when Baker and Odell were on the field at the same time, Baker forced the ball, interceptions, interceptions. Other guys were wide open. We experienced it, but what is going on with the Raiders? Because I didn't see this coming. I don't know. Time will tell if, if they can are, are very similar in that way to the Browns of 2019, but – yeah, and, and again, I said that the Raiders could have got off to a bad start in our in our early season uh, predictions, and then this is kind of the case right now. So, I mean, we also have uh, Baker beating the Pan and the Panthers beating the Saints today, twenty-two to fourteen. Eagles, they're gonna they're just gonna run this division, twenty-four yeah. to eight over the Commanders. They are pretty. They looked pretty good. I, I was the first few games. I was like, really, the Eagles look this good, and then it's like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bengals ended up beating the Jets, twenty-seven to twelve. Uh, there were a couple scares in that one, but the Bengals pretty much had it under control, so they get their first win finally. And then uh, uh, the Vikings beat the Lions twenty-eight to twenty-four, which is the one that I nailed as my uh, my my close pick of the week. Uh, so far, Mitch, you are as at the time of this recording, you are three of however many games we have. You picked the Ravens to win, you picked the Bengals to win, the two in divisions, and then you picked the Eagles to beat the Commanders, which I also did. I have five right now. Uh, no, excuse me, I think I have oh. yeah five. Well, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Yes, it is three for you because you picked Pittsburgh to win the other night. I do, and I will. I will come clean on this. I did change a pick. Obviously, it does not count towards yeah. what I won the other day. I do have text proof though, Mitch Spinell. I can send it to you. Yeah. I did change the Dolphins this morning once I saw the injury report for the Bills and their combined starters. So, okay. The secondary having three games combined starting experience. I said that that seems like a a big blunder to me. So. Um, if you don't count that, I have four. I've I've gotten right so far: the Bears, the Ravens, the Bengals, and the Eagles. It's a tentative, tentative, tentative change. I will give you. I need to see the proof in a little bit. I will show now, you. Proof. Now, now you have four. I'll just scribble that one out of there. Uh, yeah, I got Baltimore, Cincinnati, Minnesota, Philadelphia, and the Browns. The other ones I'm just sucking on right now. Although some of the games that are active at the moment, we have uh, the Jaguars. Chargers 31 to 10. That's not a healthy Justin Herbert. It's not. Okay. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch Justin Herbert doesn't play defense. Trevor Lawrence looks looks much better this year. He looks like he has an actual head coach on the sideline. I will give him that. Yeah. I'll give him that. It's just mm, that that Chiefs that Chiefs game is I think is gonna have some ramifications now. I, oh, yeah. I, I don't I'm not as confident in them winning the division anymore. Rams are beating the Cardinals 13 to nine, although it's kind of close right now. Falcons, uh, Seahawks, Seattle's up 23 to 20 in the third. You picked Seattle. I picked Atlanta. And then yep. this Packers game that I'm watching with Tampa Bay, 14 to six Green Bay in the third. Again, this Buccaneers team looks weird. And granted, this one, they went in with an objectively may, not. I don't know. Objectively, may, maybe worse receiving core than the Packers have right now, <laughs> but Good God, this offense right now is just not clicking for Tampa Bay. No, it's it's bad. And I don't know. It's, you have a quarterback that led the league in passing last year in Tom Brady. And Mitch, he looks suspect. I, I'm, I'm over here thinking, why did I take this man in fantasy football in the 11th round as my quarterback? When there's, there's some guys out there that are putting up good numbers. And I don't care if they lost this week, but Jared Goff and Jameis Winston being two of them. Both thrown for for high percentage right now. I know Winston had two picks, but I believe over 350 yards and a touchdown today. It's just... What has happened? What happened to Tom Brady in just this short time? And it's anyone, crazy. And you want to know some worse news too? They just central. They just centered in the camera on a brace that Brady is wearing on his left leg. I think he's having some uh, some issues here in this game because he he went on a big run and then it looked like he was kind of limp getting up. 
I mean, he's still walking as of now, and he's getting some treatment on here as I'm watching. But, yeah, that's where the game is in the third quarter. All right, so we're going to go to the final segment here after this break. We're going to be talking college football. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world. Get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. Hard work is something you're accustomed to. Van Nostrand Young understands that principle. Our access is achieved with organizations like Grange Insurance. Safety and prevention specialists utilize our VanCan assessments process to ensure that you and your colleagues are in the best hands. You want the safest environment for your business, and we can guide you there. Call Van Nostrand Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet, Buick, Cadillac, Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. If you're purchasing a new home, the team at Hartzler's Quality Housing is here to help. Take advantage of record low interest rates to make your new home a reality. Locally owned and operated since 1978, Hartzler's Quality Housing has the experience to guide you through the process. You'll find a wide selection of model homes on site to fit any budget. Open six days a week just off I-77. You can also visit them online at Hartzler's.com. Hartzler's Quality Housing. Quality from start to finish. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut, skin-on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Trying them today, only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. Be sure to take a trip to Sugar Creek for the upcoming Ohio Swiss Festival from Thursday, September 29th through Saturday, October 1st along Dover Road, Main Street, and Maple Street. Established in 1953, the Swiss Festival transformed Sugar Creek into a lively Swiss village to showcase the rich cultural heritage. From wine and cheese samplings to races, contests, and parades, the Swiss Festival offers something for everybody. Take the kids out for fun games, delicious food, and exciting rides. And be sure to get there for Steinstossen, the stone-throwing competitions Friday and Saturday nights. The Ohio Swiss Festival, Thursday, September 29th to Saturday, October 1st in downtown Sugar Creek. For more information, go to Ohio Swiss Festival.com or find Ohio Swiss Festival on Facebook. And we're back here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Final segment here. Let's talk college football, Mitch. You know, Ohio State had three games heading into their matchup uh, against Wisconsin. And, you know, they're, they're the teams you play. Two of the teams you play against, uh, uh, two of the teams you play to kind of tune yourself up. You had uh, the game before, which I'm, I'm escaping, the name's escaping me, before Toledo. Arkansas State. Uh, Arkansas State. And then, of course, the Notre Dame game, which 
looking where we are right now might not have been as uh, a big a matchup as we thought. But Ohio State needed to prove itself in the Big Ten against Wisconsin this week. The offense did what they had to do, man. Fifty-two to twenty-one against against the Badgers. This team is this team. What do you, what can I more what can I say about this team? This team is good. This team is so freaking good. C.J. Stroud looks like a, a man throwing out there against uh, an eighteen to tw- 19, 20 year olds. And Mitch, they don't even have the best player on offense. I know yeah, that's Smith and Jigba, which I don't know why he played against Toledo last week. They're saying he might be out for another week or two. Mm-hmm. Just fine with me because you have Rutgers and the Michigan State, and Michigan State just got embarrassed by Minnesota yesterday. Yeah. Think about what that's going to do for guys we already see making big plays like Julian Fleming, like uh, Abuka, like Marvin Harrison Jr., Ballard from Maslin that's getting in there, getting some run right now. Then you have the tandem in the backfield of Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson. Last night, you had Stover at tight end. Mitch, this offense is what we thought they were going to be. But guess what? That's not even the part I want to focus on. Jim Knowles has this defense playing at what a team like Ohio State should be doing on defense. Yep. We can look out. These guys are flying to the ball. They're creating havoc. They're forcing turnovers. They're putting hits on the quarterback. It's awesome. And now you understand why Ryan Day went out after the loss to Michigan last year. Recruited Jim Knowles to come here. Why Jim Knowles left Oklahoma State and why they're paying him as much as they are. He has all the talent in the world he wants. This team is scary. And to me, Mitch, it's a three-team race. It, the question right now is, who's going to be the fourth team in the playoff? That, that's, all I, that's all I have to say. Because Clemson is suspect. They are so suspect. And we'll get into huh. those games. But, huh. but Ohio State is scary good. And I have to, I have to admit, my dad may have been right. He did say he thought Ohio State's offense was holding things back till Big Ten play, and it looked like they showed some new things last night, Mitch. And I, I won't lie, uh, I, I went to bed in the third quarter because it was just it, it was ugly. I, I I texted somebody. I said they should have to take this off TV for what Ohio State was doing to Wisconsin. Twenty eight first quarter points. The way they just drove down the field after the opening kickoff was just mesmerizing. It, it was never a game and. And, and let's be honest, Mitch, it doesn't matter if Wisconsin has five-star recruits or three-star recruits. They are always a formidable foe. They are always going to play you tough. They're always a team to be reckoned with in the Big Ten. That was not the case last night. No, not since the 2014 Big Ten Championship game have I ever been so blown away by an Ohio State performance against the Wisconsin squad. So that's- and I believe that was the last time that Wisconsin gave up as many points as they did last night was the 2014 Big Ten Championship game. They were actually third in the country since 2015 in points per game allowed by their defense behind only Clemson and Georgia. Yeah, the Wisconsin defense has always shaped up pretty well. It's the offense that hasn't been able to quite match it. Um, as far as the rest of the the top 25 goes, I'm so proud of my school. I'm so proud of Kent State for putting up the fight that they be. did. I don't like that they have to start off their schedule with three major opponents like the way they do, but 39-22 is a respectable score, and I think they just put Alabama back in the top spot because Bryce Young looks like he's going to win the, the Heisman again. He's going he's gonna to be the, two, the next two-time winner at this rate. Unless Stroud just starts throwing seven touchdowns, averaging seven touchdowns per game, Bryce Young's going to get this one again. It really just feels like he's a machine that's just pumping out touchdown after touchdown, even against these not-so-great opponents that Alabama is playing. Mitch, and this is no slight at your alma mater. Yeah. If the roles were reversed, though, and that was Ohio State that played Kent State, and that was the final score, would Mm -hmm. Ohio State fall in the polls this week? Would they fall in the polls this week? Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know. I th- I I know that there is an SEC. I, I know there's there's some a considered SEC buy. And to be fair, there are some times where I'm like, that that that, that probably shouldn't make sense. But right. uh, I think Ohio, I think Ohio State is too much much of the committee in its in its hand to uh, may, maybe I'll say maybe because <laughs> it would scare. I think it would if they'd be inclined to be scared a little more by Ohio State performing that way than, say, an Alabama or a Georgia. I don't know. Because Kent State's also not a bad football uh, they are. program. Like, Sean Lewis has got a good thing going there. but <laughs> They've had one of the most brutal starts to a, a season I've ever seen before. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, on the bright side, their athletic budget's probably looking beautiful right now after all the money they've recouped on those games. I, but... I know. I just want I just want that part to change if it can because you know i want i want kent state to you know build bolster its own record and i mean again if, if you win one of these games then it's it's like oh it's worth it because we ended up winning and making a million dollars so yeah, yeah they, they weren't the only max school yesterday to make an impact in a game though mitch against a top 10 opponent northern illinois was holding their own against kentucky that's, that's true a game, that's a game that a lot of people weren't even paying attention to kentucky won by eight 31 yeah. to 23 over a one and three northern illinois team it's I'm just I'm tired of all these people that say, "Oh, you're expanding the playoff. Those teams can't compete." You don't know that. You don't. You right. don't know that those other teams can't compete. That w- tell me right. how you do because you've seen so many upsets this year. You had Marshall going to Notre Dame. You've seen App State and Texas A&M. You see it every year. There's a lot of schools that are too scared to book those other mid-major schools though because they know what they're capable of. A&M, by the way, picked up a win over over 10-seeded Arkansas. I've never seen that happen in my life. The kick was so high, it hit the tip of the goalpost. I've never seen that. No. I've seen it I've seen it clang off the cro- off the bar. I've seen it hit the crossbar and bounce out. I've never seen that happen before. That is a one that is a, I don't even know what the odds are on that sort of shot. Well, what about the I can't remember if it was a blocked kick or a fumble or interception where they Texas A&M took it from Arkansas, ran down the sideline. Arkansas had them wrapped up, and they handed it off lateral, lateral move, and then uh, A&M took it to the house. Yeah, which just yeah. The, that game had an amazing plays. And I, I mentioned I went to bed in the third quarter of the Ohio State Wisconsin game, Mitch. So to my surprise, to wake up to see that USC barely hangs on to beat Oregon State. Yep, I was just about to get to that. Up, well, I'll get it back to you because I know there's another upset we're going to get to here in no, a no, second. Well, no, no, I was going to say you go into that one because my other one was the big one that uh, really shakes up the top 10. That actually shakes up the top 10, even though many of its schools uh, – we'll get we'll get to USC in a second. But Kansas State throwing the monkey wrench in with a 41-34 victory over uh, number six, Oklahoma. First of all, I didn't know this. Their quarterback, uh, Martinez, at first I thought – at first I thought he was – the quarterback who played for Nebraska all those years while Nebraska has just been sulking away in the big 10, but that was Taylor Martinez. I, I come to figure out, but then I figure out that he was also a quarterback in Nebraska, Adrian, and then he transfers to Kansas state and he's not related to Taylor Martinez at all. No, uh, it, it, last year when Ohio state had that nail biter at Nebraska, I was sitting there besides myself thinking this dude is a 17th year senior. How is he still in Nebraska? Because I swear he was here when like Troy Smith was playing. That's how wild it was. And then you, you come to find out it was Taylor Martinez and then it was Adrian Martinez, but no relation, but still, I swear Adrian Martinez is still like an eighth year senior at this point. 
Yeah, the COVID year where they lifted a bunch of the the requirements kind or in that respect kind of really it's created like the sixth year senior or I guess the seventh year senior. I think that that could still be a possibility because there's redshirting, there's potentially injury years, and then you know this. Uh, also, some of the other ones here, if I can get them right here, we mentioned Oklahoma, we mentioned USC barely beating Oregon State seventeen to fourteen. Oregon's still number 15 in the, in the top 10. I think a lot of stuff would need to happen in order for them to have any chance of getting back into this playoff after their opening loss. But it's a good thing that it happened uh, this early in the season to a team like Georgia because it's going to give them a, a quality loss in a sense. Yeah. But let's, let's talk about that Oregon game yesterday. Yeah. That they won, right? This is college football, though, where they consider style points and how you looked. Oregon didn't look good until the last three minutes of the game, Mitch, where they scored 21 points. No. I mean, they really had no business winning this game yesterday. They come away with it. Tough road win at Washington State. But let's not be fooled here because that how you win games matters to the committee. We've seen it before. We're probably going to see it again. To your point, though, losing in week one to the opponent that has looked like the number one team in the country in Georgia, it is a quality loss. So you'd have to think that if Oregon runs the table – if they win the Pac-12 and if they defeat USC in the Pac-12 championship, Oregon would have a case to make the college football playoff. Although, if things stay how they are, are we really going to want to see Oregon versus Georgia again in the college football semifinals? I wouldn't. Uh, some of the other games that uh, don't sleep on, number 11, Tennessee, by the way. Yeah. Beating beating Florida yesterday in, in a close one there. Tennessee's interesting to me. If, if Alabama or Georgia falters at any point, Maybe they could get themselves in the mix for the first time in a long time. Also, the the Clemson game, yeah, fifty one oh. to forty five and double overtime. Wake Forest, I thought had it, and then they didn't, and then of course Clemson is able to pull one out. Yeah, Clemson's Clemson's by far. They're not even the fourth team right now because the fourth team right now barely beat Maryland. They're they're like this this similar kind of what I was talking about with Kent State and their stupid scheduling against uh, all these mid all these big schools. Michigan getting you know, an NIAI school, whatever, how do you say it, to play their first three games, essentially. I'm not saying that Hawaii and, you know, all those other schools are, but you know what I mean. No, I yeah, I, I totally get what you mean. It's and, and this, this, I mean, come on. What are we doing here? This team, is, this team is not going to compete as of now against Ohio State. As of now. They are not on the same levels. Now, could they get into a hot run late in the year and then pull out a victory in Columbus like they did last year? Yes. I'm not saying that cannot happen. Um, but yeah, that's all I have. By the way, okay, did you okay? This did, did you see the game that ended late last night? Well, was, what, it, which one? <laughs> it was it was it was between Stephen F. Austin and oh, um and I don't even know what the school's name is now. But uh Stephen I, F. Austin, for those of you who didn't get, get a chance to uh uh, see the game last night. So Stephen F. Austin apparently, uh, kind of what Michigan did with uh, scheduling the crappy schools, they scheduled Warner University, an actual NIAA school. And I can't. What, how do I say that? N I A I N A I A N I N A I A N A I A school. They they shut them out, Mitch. They didn't just shut them out, Mitch. They, they beat them. Okay, they beat them ninety-eight to zero, 
and 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 Austin had a touchdown at the end, and they had the chance to go for two, and they need and they took a knee. Which look, I am I am about sportsmanship. I think there is a limit to what you can do in that sort of sense. You had you had you 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 just let the opportunity of a lifetime. You could have won a hundred to zero. I don't care if it's against a t- a sixth grade Pop Warner team. Is that even a thing? Pop Warner sixth grade, a, a Pop Warner team of any age. Mm, we could have seen a century game. We could have seen a hundred point win, and we didn't get it. To, to me, it's more embarrassing that they kneeled. How so? The, the, I just think at that point, you're just kind of saying, wow, you guys are so bad. We're just tired of it. Like, we're just not even going to try here. Yeah. Like, that's what I thought. You already scored 98 points. If you were that concerned about running up the score, you would have stopped when it was 50, 60, or 70 to nothing. Okay? For them to go all the way to 98 and then go for two and kneel it, come on now. That To me, that's a worse look. I just think it's a way worse look by not going for two. I'm with you though. I want to see them go for two and hit the century mark for the first time in our lifetime. But yeah, if they really cared that much about not making it look that bad on the other team, they wouldn't have scored 98 points to begin with. I, I think they just didn't want that, that Warner team to, I, I guess they just didn't want them to be known forever as the team that gave up the 100 points in a game. Granted, they're going to now be the team that lost 98 to zero. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not exactly like they're going to escape that notoriety, but yeah, that's that. We're 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 coming from a a a an air of not selfishness, but it's the kind of desire to see things like that happen. I don't know exactly what the term would be for that one, but I'll leave it up to you, the viewer and the listener, to figure that one out as we close out this episode of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. I just have one more game I wanted to touch on and remind all the listeners out there uh, that Texas is in fact not back. I feel so much for Sam Ellinger. I feel so much for him. He really thought, and to be fair, it looked like they were making progress, and then they lose Quinn. Once once Arch Manning gets back, they'll at least be on national TV every week. Can we agree on that? I can agree with that, but if that's all we're agreeing on, then yes, one hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. I can't. I yep. can't guarantee it's going to bring Texas back into national prominence. Oh, by the way, speaking of speaking of uh, speaking of. Programs are no longer uh, national powerhouses. How is Miami losing to Western Kentucky, Western Illinois, whatever Western, by 14 points yesterday in their own park as a 14-point favor oh, going in? That's not even the right state, but they'd probably lose that team too. They were, it was they they were just they they looked good the first two weeks. They did. I thought, wow, you know what, Mario Cristobal may have this program back. You know, the U being back for college football is good. USC being back for college football is good. Texas, I don't care if they're never back because you can't convince me them being back is good for college football because horns down always. Um, but anyways, yeah, to get embarrassed in your home stadium by, um, I don't even know what the mascot is for Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee, that's what I'm, I don't know why. It's what? always it's always those schools that have like a, a direction and then uh the state after them, like, like yeah. Eastern Kentucky, Western Michigan, yep. um, freaking, uh, uh, what is this here? What is, what is what middle Tennessee state? What are blue Raiders? They're the blue Raiders. All right. So yeah, that's, that's a team. No idea what they were. That's just wild and mind boggling to me. 
I just watched a movie called Vengeance, and it takes place in like a suburban Texas town. And there's a big joke about uh, a guy gets exposed for being a Texas fan, and everyone else is for Texas A and M. That's all. That's all we'll have for today's episode of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Uh, Mitch, what's the fact of the day? Well, I have two for you. All First right. fact of the day is the Cleveland Guardians being named the Cleveland Guardians have never not made the postseason. They're 100% making the postseason. And your second fun fact of the day is fish can cough. Hmm, that's fascinating. I mean, I, I, it makes sense. Since you gave me two facts, I'm going to go with two shots. Ooh. I don't, I don't care if this is cheating. Off the wall, first one. Nope. And uh, off the actual backboard. Thanks for listening and watching to this episode of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. 